Welcome to the My Risk Advisor podcast. This podcast is for anyone in the Australian financial planning ecosystem with a focus on life risk insurance. Whether you're a seasoned advisor or just starting out, I think you'll get heaps of value out of this podcast. I'm your host, Phil Thompson, and I'm a life risk insurance specialist, and you're listening to My Risk Advisor. Hey there, welcome to the My Risk Advisor podcast. Today with me, I've got a friend of mine who I've known for a long time now, Steve Salvia from Blackwing Consulting. So we have a good chat about marketing your financial advice business, but we also go really deep into not getting referrals from accountants or trusted partners, but trying to gather endorsements from these trusted partners. I know you'll get his value out of this episode. I know I did um, with my chat with Steve, so get stuck right into it. Steve, if there's anyone who's been living under the rock for the last 10 years, who are you? What do you do? Uh, G'day, uh, Phil. Thanks for that intro, mate. Um, My name uh, is Steve Salvia. I am a business coach, business success coach over here at Blackwing Profit Consulting. We work with financial planners who want to help more people, have a bit more fun, make a bit more money and uh, sort of grow and, uh, and develop their business. I was a financial planner for 22 odd years. Um, owned an accounting firm for about seven to eight years. We had a pretty big um, stake in a mortgage broking business as well. So uh, sort of, you know, been a little bit of a jack of all trades around the financial planning or the finance uh, space. So uh, yeah, so yeah, but at the moment, uh, for probably the last eight to probably, I think we're going into our ninth year now, uh, I'm the business coach at uh, Blackwing Profit. Wow, so that's 30 years in career. Yeah. Wow, so, you started yeah, when you were five. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, started when I was oh, five. Wow. Well, I'm just, I'm yeah. just getting through my apprenticeship, mate. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just starting to learn the ropes. <laughs> no, good stuff. Well, thanks for coming on. So, um, the reason I want to chat to you is about marketing. As, as I said before we hit the record, the, one of the reasons I do this podcast is I want to get as much value for myself personally out of this. And so, add the listeners or uh, advisors and they will learn and, 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 um, and get value out of it as well. But it's really at the end of the day, it's all about me, number one. Yeah, I um, so, so let's have a chat about marketing. Um, what in terms of like marketing kind of a financial planning business, actually, I'll kind of take it back to um, your business where you did accounting, finance and financial planning. Fin- financial planning like, was the main, yep. Do you feel like that's the model of the future is to kind of wrap it all in the one thing? Uh, look, I don't know if it is the model of the future because the lines back in the day when I was doing the, the lines were a little bit more blurred, Phil, I'd reckon. Um the, the fact is that um, we had a large financial planning business and I built, so just the way I built my business really was, uh, we had a large financial planning business and I built a number of strategic alliance partners, accountants, mortgage brokers, general insurance brokers, stock brokers. Um, we worked with small business owners. So I was the, I was the self-employed tradie guy basically here in Perth. And we were probably 95% of the time with, uh, with self-employed tradies. And uh, so, so other strategic alliance partners we had were, like, you know, who, who do self-employed people work with? So accountant, lawyer, mortgage broker, stockbroker, general insurance broker, but they also work with um, printing firms and web developers and, and, and that sort of thing. So graphic designers and things like that. So we'd build a- And the local a, timber hardware store. Well, well I'll, I can come back and tell you about that in a minute yeah. Uh, too. Yeah, de- definitely. They were one of our big strategic alliance partners. So, um, but what we actually did, we built what we called an alliance hub. 
So I had these eight strategic alliance alliances around me, and I was basically the spoke in the middle, the hub in the middle of the of the wheel. And we, we actually got to a point later on uh, down the track, once I'd started my coaching business, we actually got to a point where I had these eight uh, strategic alliance partners paying me to be part of our strategic alliance partner hub. And what we'd done is, so all of the referrals kind of came through me, and what we, were, what we were doing was the accountant would refer to the mortgage broker, the mortgage broker would refer to the, to the settlement agent, the settlement agent would refer to the general insurance broker, and we'd kind of all refer backwards and forwards between each other, but I had the central email address. So we created a form for each one of these um, strategic alliance partners, and, uh, and they all got emailed through to the central address and I was kind of the person. So I actually, number one, I got to see all the referrals going through. Mm. And each one of the questionnaires, it's, every one of the strategic alliance partners had a little questionnaire that they asked their clients and it had to do with, it had eight questions, oh, sorry, there was 10 questions, three questions about their business and seven questions about other areas uh, that, uh, that people uh, looked after inside that alliance partner hub. So it worked really, really well, and 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 they actually paid me to be part of the hub. So mm. so that was so that was great. Now, and you talked about um, uh, uh, hardware stores. So what we used to do uh, over here in in Perth, I don't know if you guys have it over here, over there. Home Timber and Hardware was a big uh, yep. was yeah, a big uh, uh, hardware store over here. So I had a contract with Home Timber and Hardware to go into hardware stores on a Thursday afternoon at four thirty. I'd prov- all I had to do was provide some subways and a couple of cartons of beer and a couple of things of orange juice, and they would get people out to the back area where the where the you know where all the timber was all um, stacked, uh, and we, we'd get 10, 15, 20 of their clients of their of their clients, so of uh, mm. Home Timber and Hardware's clients, which were my ideal clients, and I'd go in and do a uh, little webinar, little seminars, and li- just little uh, little uh, pods of, of of advice groups, and uh, just give them some, just give them a basic overview of you know tax planning and cash flow planning and you know we talked about insurances and superannuation and all that sort of thing so I got to go through you know there was probably 35 uh, home timber and hardware uh, shops in WA and uh, you know I get to go I got to go around to all of those so that was a huge um, strategic alliance partnership for us yeah and in and, and moving forward if you were to set up shop today put your shingles out would you do a similar thing today or do you feel like there's there's a shift in legislation or, yes, or sentiment right. I think Help it's me a understand bit, what we, you think about it. I think it's a little bit harder. Now, where I was going with that initially before we went off track there, Phil. Um, <laughs> I will uh, go off track many times. What I was actually talking about, then, back in the day, I had these strategic alliance partnerships and I had a really strong one with a, with a particular uh, accounting firm. And what happened is the guy who owned the accounting firm wanted to get out and wanted to wanted to leave. He, he, had, he ended up um, going into mo- into a mining company, and he offered his business up to any of his to his accountants in there, but no one actually wanted to take it. So one day we were just talking over lunch, and he and he said, "Hey, Steve, I've got this opportunity. How about you buy my accounting business?" And you know, as soon as he said that, you know, I kind of laughed, and you know, once I picked myself up off the ground, at how ridiculous that was, I kind of thought to myself, "Hey, you know what?" I can get this pretty cheap. It was a, it was a bit of a distressed accounting firm, I've got to say, and uh, I reckon I could take I could I reckon I could take this and turn it around pretty quickly and uh, and make it into something that's you know going to be worthwhile. Plus, also then be able to squeeze as much of the financial planning work out of it as I possibly can. So that's what we ended up doing. Now back back in the day, all you had to do all you had to do was have four shareholders and one of those shareholders be a practicing accountant. 
So what we ended up doing was doing four shares at $100 each and my accountant bought one of the shares. So my accountant was the responsible entity. He'd come in once a week and check, do a, do a sort of an audit on the on the tax returns and stuff like that. We, we ended up with seven accountants and you know, there's about probably 15, 16 staff over there. So back in the day, you could do it a lot easier because you only had to have a 25% stakeholder as a, as a responsible entity. So yeah. so back in the day, you could do it. I'm not sure that you could do it right now because, you know, financial planning's got so much more complex. The accounting profession's got so much more complex. So is the broking profession. So I, I honestly believe in specialty. And I, I believe in niching and, and make, uh, knowing who you want to work with and who you're, you know, I, we, we kind of talk about who do you want to be a hero to? So who yeah. is your ideal market rather than trying to um, you know, dabble on the fringes, I, I reckon you should stick to your knitting and then find strategic alliance partners that you can actually refer out to. Yeah, even like we're on a we're on the uh, my millennial. Uh, um, this is a risk a, a risk. Yeah, my forum. risk. And at the end of the day, you know, we, I see so many financial planners who are holistic, which is great, and there's no problem about that at all. But a lot of them, you know, are doing five or ten percent of their of their work is risk. And I just wonder, with the amount of time and energy and resources and training and, and education and all that, is it worth maintaining, yeah, keeping keeping doing that rather than actually outsourcing it to someone who who is a specialist? Because there is still a lot of great uh, risk advisors out there, and and all they do they specialise in risk. Yeah, and that's and that's the, the interesting thing about it, like kind of our business and what we do and and my decision um, back you know several years ago, I was kind of like dabbling in yeah. financial advice and yeah, going the other um, way. And I, mm. I tried to do it and and looking back I kind of like go oh, I should have done I should have made a change much sooner than I actually yeah. did. Yeah. And then went insurance only. Yes. Um and the thing that I um was con- well I'm convinced now that it was the right move for me definitely yeah. 100% that the the uh the financials tells me so. Um and the clients tell me so. But the Does reason your stress why- level tell you so? Uh, different, different stress. Different stress, right? Okay. <laughs> different stress. I've got to manage more people now, um, yes. and so they bring they bring in a level of stress that I didn't used to have. Um, but in terms of the way I thought about it, was it's just so complex doing these other things. And then the more I've specialised in insurance, and we've only done insurance, it it hasn't reduced the level of work we need to do to invest and build in processes. It's actually grown because we know exactly what we need to fix all the time, and we know that we've got the the thought process of going, all right, I'm really clear of what is broken, what's not broken. And so I kind of bring it back to your old business and doing like accounting, financial planning, broking. Like the thing I find difficult about that business and why I I don't think I'll ever do that um, is because it's so complex fixing insurance in a financial planning business. Not, we're not even talking about wealth, super, you know, all these other areas that need a huge amount of investment in time to improve the processes. But then you're adding in accounting, you're adding in mortgage breaking Correct. as well. Like, do you feel like, you know, the, the world we live in is, you know, a bit more complex than, you know, when, when you were doing it? The, the other thing is, you know, I had, we, we got to a point where we ended up with about 28, 29 staff at one stage. It was, it was really big. And we had an operations manager and then we had the sort of three pods of you know the different uh, the different areas and the accounting got difficult and all that sort of thing. It was manageable. We did it and all of that. Uh, uh, but at the end of the day, it was sometimes what happens, Phil, and even in financial planning and even even now, sometimes what happens is you build a monster, and all you end up doing is working to feed the monster. And there's no at the end of the day, there's no more profit in it. And what I started to find at a certain point is what I was working harder and harder and harder and harder simply to keep the monster fed. 
So there's a lot to be said about running a, a, a slick, streamlined, um, uh, you know, a specialty financial advice business where you know exactly what you're doing, what you're doing, who you're doing it for, exactly what their needs are. You've got a, you've got a systemized and process driven uh, business behind the scenes, and, and 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 you're kind of on. I think of it more like on you're on tra- you're on train tracks. You know, it takes a bit of time, and it probably would have when you made that decision for yourself. It, it takes a bit of time to get the train moving. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of momentum to get the train moving. But once you've got the train moving, it doesn't take a lot of energy because you're on the train tracks. It, it, mm. So once you've got that, once you've got, got that initial input of energy and, and getting it right, once you're moving, everything's fairly streamlined. Number one, but number two, there's also when you're on the train tracks, there's, there's no left, there's no right to think about. There's just straight, right? And mm. all you've got to really do is think about stop and go. So that's that. So the, the analogy and put in the coal in. You know how much coal am I putting in? in ab- that train absolutely, hundred percent. You're not going left or right. It's just how much coal do we put in? Do we yeah, put the brakes and on? how fast do I go and how slow do I go? So that, so there's a lot to be said for being streamlined and, and very, very efficient and running a lean and mean business. You know, I'm, I'm of the – I teach my coaching club, guys. It's, it's not about building a, a massive business. I actually want you to have less clients. I actually want my clients – my, my guys, my, co- my coaching club clients, I want, them to, I want you to have less, better quality clients who do three things. They pay you more. They stick like glue and who referrals are part of the deal. So if you think about, imagine being able to build a base of people who, uh, who, who, where you've got less, better quality people who pay you more, stick like glue and who referrals are part of the deal. If you can build a business based on that sort of criteria, well, mate, you know, you're golden. Yeah? It's, it's happy days. Yeah, and and it's it's interesting that you're talking about feeding the bees because I went through a a, uh, a eat pray love experience earlier this year where I went overseas. I went to uh, Turkey and Bulgaria, yep. um, and spent like three weeks over there. The Kate, my wife, and and our three girls were at home, and I went on my own, and it was um, in, incredible experience. It was. Um, didn't realize how much I really love spending time with him. I was depressed for like the first six days until wow. I met, I saw someone else. Um, well, like, like, a, like a sabbatical type um, thing, was it? Oh, it was just a, it was just a time to go away and think about what do I want the business to be? Because yes. that was kind of my thinking. Do I want to stay, stay small? Um, or like I can see a path to grow and build a beast, but I don't want to have build a monster. Yes. And so it was really that, that kind of um, thinking where I went, you know, what are the two journeys over the next three plus years look like? Um, and I, there was no real change over the next three years, but then over and above that, there needs to be a kind of clear direction in which way I want to go. And and for me, I kind of came back realizing that either way is fine. I actually didn't, I actually didn't have an issue whether I built a big business or, or stayed fairly lean. It wasn't really an issue. It was actually this idea of I didn't want to feel trapped by the yes. business. Yep. And that was what my fear was is I don't want to, I don't want to stay small and feel trapped by you know financial restraints, and I don't want to grow. I don't want to grow big and build a monster that I'm just like having to like consistently feed and and not sleep at night because I'm feeding it. And so that was kind of my outcome. That's the juggling act, right? And that's something that you're going to have to be really aware of because there is going to get to a time you've you've gone past the ceiling, right? But there's going to get to a point where it also be, it's either going to become too big for you to manage, or you're going to have to get someone in to manage it. And that's that's fine as well. That's what we did, and it can be mm. done. Um, but you know, there's, uh, there's a lot to be what. What I was mentioning about uh, before, uh, like outsourcing and building those strategic alliance partnerships, is a really smart way to go. We found that we found it absolutely incredible. And 
the, the thing about it was, Phil, we weren't, we didn't actually build referral relationships, right? So you notice I call them strategic alliance partnerships. We weren't actually after referrals, although that was what we got. We got referrals mm. and they all got referrals and everyone wanted to be part of the hub. But we, we, didn't, we didn't want referrals. We actually wanted endorsement, okay? And there's a big difference. We don't go, so traditionally what financial planners have done, so take an accountant, right? So traditionally what financial planners have done, for, for some reason, I don't know why, the CPAs and the, you know, the accounting um, bodies, uh, have, they've done a magnificent job, Phil, and I'm sure there's some accountants listening to this. It's, this, this is fine. They've done a magnificent marketing job, positioning accountants above financial advisors. Okay? They've done a great job. They've marketed themselves really, really well. And for some reason, out in the community, accountants are very, very trusted and, and, and financial planners aren't quite so trusted. So they've done a great marketing job. So what we want, so traditionally what financial planners have done is that we've kind of gone to a referral a, a potential referral partner, we've kind of gone in their cap in hand, almost begging for referrals. If you think about it, I'm, and the listeners who are, uh, you know, people who are listening to this, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of them will, will, um, will realise that that's kind of what we've done over the years. So what we want to do, we want to change the posture complete, completely because accountants are, are wonderful and magnificent at what they do, but so are financial planners. And there's, they're two completely different spaces and they work perfectly uh, well together. And I think accountants are starting to get that it's kind of too hard to get to be fully in financial planning. And on the flip side, financial planners are kind of realising the same thing. So if we can build a relationship where we're endorsing each other, like, you know, what happens when a... When a um, when an accountant endorses a financial planner to a client, to, a, uh, to their client, what, ha- what, is the, what does the client do? They just say, yep, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do that. Whatever the accountant says, pretty much yeah. the, the client will do. So we've got to, we're just, I'm, so I'm just trying to get across that we want to change the posture about building a strategic alliance partnerships away from referrals. Don't talk about referrals, talk about endorsement. Mm. And you know, it's things like um, even running, like running joint workshops together and things like that, and wheeling the accountant in, or the accountant. I'm just using accountants for for this, but you know, the accountant running a private client briefing in his boardroom with ten or fifteen of his best clients and wheeling you in as the as the expert. And it's almost like you know, you you the accountant or the alliance partner is kind of anointing you. Right, you know, you get down. The, the financial advisor gets down on one knee and you get the sword on the left shoulder and the right shoulder on the top of the head. And, you know, the accountant's kind of saying, rise, fair financial planner, and come and stand right next to me because yeah. you're the anointed one and I will endorse you to my clients. Now, they're not going to say those words, right, but that's the kind of thinking that we have, like, again, my guys in Coaching Club, we want to get anointed by the, by the accountant and, and be endorsed by them. And if an accountant can endorse you, the client's just going to do what the accountant says because that, that's just what they do. And in terms of those strategic alliance partners, um, if – if you're a new um, advisor starting the business, is that who you would go after, or who you'd recommend going after? The accountants? Oh, well, I, I do, I, because the, 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 I do. I think accountants are the they've got the trusted relationship. So there's two two uh, there's two um, types of just we'll call we'll call it accountant. We'll talk about accountants. There's two different types of relationships. So number one is there's, there's going to be an accounting firm who doesn't have a relationship with a financial planner. And that's kind of a little bit more difficult to find nowadays because most of them have realised that they need to have some sort of relationship. But, you know, if you can find one, uh, that, that's great. But the other one is is a lot of my guys actually look for financial, for accountants who have already got an existing relationship with their accountant. Why? Because most of the relationships are crap, right? Most of them don't really have a relationship. Most of them, there's barely any referrals. They never get together. They're, they're, they've got a ref- they've actually got a referral relationship, and like I said, it's a referral relationship, and the the accountants are reluctant to refer 
they don't know how to refer properly. They're not sure exactly who to refer. They don't have them. They don't have the financial planner in their process. So yes, there's this loose relationship, uh, referral relationship with each other, but the relationships are actually not that good. So one of the things we do, we've got a little, we've got a little process. Well, we've got a pretty big process around this. Um, we we want to go in and and have a meeting with the accountant. And one of the questions that we ask is, Hey, Mr. Accountant, do you have a, an existing relationship with a with a financial planner? Tell me about the relationship. And then we just zip our mouths and be quiet and let the accountant tell you all the bad things about this crap relationship they've got with the, with the financial planner. Now, what is the accountant doing? The, well, the accountant's telling you all the bad things that they don't like about their relationship with their existing financial planner. The financial planner is either making a mental note or writing down all the things that the accountant doesn't like about their existing relationship. And then when they come back and we talk, you know, spend the last 15 minutes thinking about how we can build this relationship, we just regurgitate back the exact opposite of all the things that they don't like about their existing relationship. And so just touching on that, is it better to work with an accountant who's had a poor experience with a financial planner or an accountant who's had an experience where maybe it isn't as fruitful as they expected? If you flip it around the other way, if you ask most financial planners about their, you know, I don't know about most, but a lot of the ones that once, I'll say most of the ones that I talk to, most of the relationships that financial planners have got with accountants are not very good. I'll, I'll say to a financial planner, "Hey, mate, have you got any strategic alliance partnerships?" And the guy will go, "Yeah, I've got four or five, six different uh, strategic uh, alliances." And and I'll say, "Okay, cool, that's great, mate. How many referrals did you get last month?" And they'll say, "What you mean last month?" Oh, I, oh, I didn't. Yeah, I can give you twelve did, months. Like, it's, it's right. See what I mean? Yeah. So I might have got one or two or three over the. You know, so they're sporadic. They're ad hoc. They're not very good quality. They're not very well referred. You know, a, a, an accountant handing over a financial planner's business card and saying, "Call this guy," is not a re- freaking referral, right? Mm. That is that, that that's the laziest referral, and the and the reason for that is because the accountant doesn't know how to refer. Why don't accountants refer? There's a couple of reasons. Number one, they don't know how, and number two, it's too hard. So in my mind, it stands to reason. What do we do? We teach them how to refer and make it really simple to refer, right? So so so, so there's a, there's a there's a process and a structure around building strategic alliance partnerships rather than I'll hand over a business card. Yeah, that's right. And and I think you know, listening to you, I've. Um can tell you the amount of referrals I've received from an accountant is I can count on probably one hand. Wow. Um, oh, and so for me, accountants aren't that trusted partner for my clients. Okay. So, that's, so, so, when drop, I, so when drop this I, down, mate. You should be writing this down. Well, well, I actually think about it as um, we do – We most of our business is referred and, sure. and, and we're doing quite a bit of volume but I think about it, everything you're saying is – totally transferable to me and, and my yes. relationship. But but I think about instead of the word account, I think about who is the trusted person in, in the client's lives. Um, and so um, if you are working with self-employed clients like you did um, mm. back in your business, most of them were self-employed, the trusted person is the account. That's right. But most a lot of mums and dads these days, they, they don't really have that same strong relationship with their accounts as they may have had in the past. Yeah, true. I still, I still believe that if the accountant tells you to do something, because here's the thing. So there's a process behind this. I'm only, if you I'm, see the accountant, I, most of my true. clients don't see their account. They don't see their accountant at all. Well, they, I, they wouldn't have an account. <laughs> they would just, our average client age is like 33, um, yeah, and so yeah, yeah, most of yeah. them don't see an account because, well, I just payg. I can just do this on my own. So, so I've used accounting as an example there, right? So what you've got to do, it's about so. 
what you've got to do is when you we're talking about marketing, right? So with marketing, we talk about we want to have two two channels, so two direct channels, and one through channel, right? So two direct. So your your direct channel might be Facebook ads, or it might be LinkedIn, or it might be you know um, seminars or workshops. So we want two different uh, two channels and one through channel. And the through channel is the strategic alliance partnership. So what you've got to do. You need, so a financial planner needs to think about, okay, right, who, firstly, you must know your ideal client. You have to know them inside out and back to front. In fact, you must know them better than they know themselves. There's a great quote from a guy by the name of White Woodsmall. He's from the Sandler, Sandler Sales Institute. Uh, great quote, funny name, but anyway, White Woodsmall says, the fastest way to build trust is to be able to articulate your prospects' problems better than they can. Right? The fastest way to build trust is to be able to articulate your prospects' problems better than they can. Because when you can do that, Phil, you automatically and you become sub subconsciously credited with having a solution. So, so what we've got to do, the first part of everything is to understand who your ideal client is and know them inside out and back to front. In fact, you've got to know them better than themselves, number one. Once you know that, you've got to then think to yourself, right, there's someone out in their world who was already, so I'll use accountants again, right? In my world, mine was tradies, okay? There's someone out in the world that has already spent years of time and thousands and thousands of dollars building a network of people around them that I wanna work with. So there's two ways you can go. You can try and pick off one client at a time, one by one by one by one by one, and do that, and you'll be okay, and it'll be, but, but it's harder, it's slower, and it's more time consuming, number one. Or you can go straight to the source and build a relationship with the person who's already built the relationship with the people that you want to work with and get that person to endorse you out to their marketplace. I, and 100%. And, and just to clarify, just in case um, anyone listening wasn't kind of clear, I'm not saying you're wrong because I haven't gotten referrals from my clients. I'm saying you are 100% right, but it doesn't need to be an account. It needs to no, be that trusted person, as you yeah. said, is who is the person that has been in you know, my ideal client's ears or in their life and is a trusted person and, and how do I build a relationship with them? So is it a mortgage broker? Is it you know, a lawyer? Is it an accountant? Is it you know, the hairdresser? You know, what, who is it? So the, so the first thing to do is understand your client. So understand your prospect, your ideal avatar, right? And once you know that, then you can start to think about, right, who is the person that I need to target? So instead, of, so instead of having to target the individuals, you target the one that's already got the relationship and you build a relationship with them. Like, and so it's like, again, I'll come back to accounts because it's just, it's easier. easier. And, and yeah, most, yeah. most people, we get the how reality is, you know, most people, most most financial planners clients have got a, you know, some don't these days, I guess. But no, you know, mine. Most of them got no, mine are young. No one talks about okay. accounting these days. So just as I'm talking about, just have a think about, rack your brain, who would, who would be their, who would be their, um, who would oh, be Oh, I know. Yeah, I know for my clients, they're content yeah, creators. Content, our, our, clients, exactly our clients right. listen to podcasts, listen to vi watch videos. Like right. it, they are the trusted partner. So everything you're saying is 100 percent relevant. Well, man, to I, our it's, it's exactly what you. So what's happened is I've got a. I'm working with a guy now, great guy by the name of Phil Harvey, based in Canberra. Awesome guy, construct wealth. He's, I thought you were about to say Phil Thompson. I was like, no, oh, no, thanks, Phil buddy. Harvey. He's, the, he's an awesome guy, based in Canberra. But what happened is what, uh, he we we talked about this particular thing and. Uh, Phil's a retirement planning specialist. It's, he's in that sort of age bracket. That's his demographic. And what we did was we reached out to a podcaster uh, and he talks that talks about that fire method, right? The fire method. And Phil, Phil uh, Harvey got onto a podcast with this fire group. Now, this fire group has, has over 5,000 
um, subscribers to the to the podcast. So Phil got himself on that podcast. Did and they talked they talked about conflicts of advice and stuff like that because Phil's one of the independent advisors, which is fine, which is great. And Phil's ended up with over forty uh, new client appointments from that one podcast to to the point and. This is no bulldust. I'm actually supposed to have my monthly meeting with him this afternoon. He's actually uh, emailed and said, "Mate, I'm just still too busy from the from the podcast. Can we put it forward to next week?" So yeah, he right. found he found the person that already had a relationship with five thousand people uh, investors who want to use that fire method, and he's ended up with over forty appointments. And I know he's got a heap more to, to come. So it doesn't have to be an accountant. It's just the person that's it's got just the, relationship the trusted already. partner. Yeah, who's who's got that relationship? As Someone's you, already exactly spent as years about. of time and thousands of dollars building a relationship to the people that you want to work with. So the idea is to get build a relationship with them. But you think about the accountants. So the reason why most accountants get coming back to, to that uh, because they're not all not all Gen Gen Ys or Gen whatever you're who, who do you look after? <laughs> Whoever, yeah, Gen Ys. Yeah. Got it. Some some letter right towards the end of the alphabet. Um, <laughs> so what what um, what we do? So. Imagine if you could build a relationship with an accountant, right? And the reason they don't uh, they, they don't refer because they don't know how and it's too difficult, right? So imagine if you could teach. So I t- I get my guys, coaching club guys, to teach accountants two paragraphs, two small lines, basically, and we insert it at some point, about two thirds of the way. So this is the accountant has a meeting for an hour, say, with the client. At about the two-thirds of the waypoint, once they've built the rapport and done their work and, you know, they've got all the tax stuff out of the way, you know, they're kind of, you know, sort of wrapping up the meeting, there's a certain point in the meeting where they stop talking about accounting and they start talking about financial planning. And, and it goes like this. We call it the accountant's transition script. So if you're listening to this podcast, guys, grab a pen, write Do this pen down. Pen and paper, write it right, down. Grab your pen or and paper. Or just email Steve, down, he'll right, give it to you. <laughs> and it goes something like this. So about two-thirds of the way through the accountant's meeting with their client, it says, he goes something like, so... Fred and Mary, Mr. and Mrs. Client, here at XYZ Accounting, we've always tried to be more than just your average accounting firm. And we take the responsibility of helping you with your uh, your finances really, really seriously. In keeping with that responsibility, we've just developed this 60-second financial health check, which will help us uncover other areas of your finances that might require attention more than just tax, so that we can help guide you and help you make better financial decisions. And then they launch into the questionnaire with no pause and no permission, right? Why no permission? Don't know. Does, does an accountant need permission to ask someone about their money? No. Does a mortgage broker need permission to ask someone about their money? No. Does a, a, a lawyer need permission to ask someone about their money? Probably not. Maybe a bit different, right? Okay. Yeah. But so, so they launch into the question. It's not like I'm going to ask you if you would like to do this questionnaire. Because yeah. most people say, I've got uh, the meter's running, I've got to get to the car. No, they launch into it with no pause and no permission. And then we have a series of like six to eight questions, structured questions, really simple and really easy, yes, no, not sure questions, right, that the, that the, the strategic alliance partner asks. So you think about that transition script. The main problem that referral partners or alliances have is they don't know how to refer and it's too hard. Mm. So what do we do? We give them two lines, to two paragraphs to learn and give them a little questionnaire that they can fill in with the client. And it's just tick boxes, tick, 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 tick. And then at the end of it, so what happens is the questions are structured, Phil. You know, they're pretty, we've, we've spent mm. hundreds of hours thinking about the questions. So the, but effectively, 
so we've spent lots of time thinking about. Yeah, we're questions. leading the witness into whether right. they need help or not, and that's and okay. Fine. There's, if there's ten questions out. on the questionnaire, eight of them or nine of them are ticked, and if they're not ticked, they're completely irrelevant. They're just rubbed out. So at the mm. end of it, he says, "Hmm." So the Mr. Accountant shoves it back in front of the client and just sits back and moves back away from it. So now it's not the accountant's problem anymore, it's the client's problem because it's shoved right under their nose and they sit there and stare at it. And actually what they do, it's really weird, most people sit there with their mouth open going, like, they don't real wow. And, and the accountant says, so wow, Mr. Client, look at all, wow, that's amazing. Look at all the areas that we've just uncovered that would help you in your financial situation. I'm so glad we just did that exercise. Wouldn't you agree? And the client says, yeah, yes. we did that, right? So. I'm not authorised to help you with that these areas, but what I'm going to do, if it's okay with you, I'm going to make contact with my colleague, friend, mate, uh, of my financial uh, financial planner or our in-house financial specialist, Phil Thompson from Sky Wealth. He's a specialist in these areas, and I'm going to get him to help you sort these things out. I've known Phil for over ten years now, and he's exceptionally good at what he does. He really knows his stuff, and you know what? He's a really nice guy as well. What I'm going to do later this afternoon, I'm going to flick him a quick email, and I'm going to scan this questionnaire to him if, if you're okay with that, and I'm going to get him to make contact with you within the next day or so. Is, is that okay with you? Yeah. I say yes, right? So what I'm talking about, Phil, there's a process. We teach them what to say. We teach them how to get the referral, and then we teach them a follow-up script to to expect. And and I've just endorsed you. Now, pause if I may, Phil. I know you can ask a question, but let me pause for a sec. Think about what I said. I said um, I've known Phil for X Y Z years, a long time. And if it's not very long, I've known Phil for ages now. Right? He's excellent at what he does. He specialises in these areas, and you know what? He's a really nice girl as well. She's a really nice girl as well. Right, really nice guy as well. So what the accountant is doing is endorsing the advisor, mm. and these these words are critical, right? Because it's because the other option is is what most uh, referral alliances are doing now, which is just handing over a business card and saying give them a call. Yeah, yeah. Right. So again, it's a bit around structure and process. Yeah, that's right. And and you know our process is uh, a little bit different in terms of like how we want to be introduced and stuff. But but at the same time, I just the way we think about building our, building referral partners is I just want to make it easy for the referral partners. Like give them everything that they need to make it easy to refer to us. And when they make the introduction, we prefer an email. And the reason we prefer an email is so we can just follow them up. Yeah, and but then, that's the next level, Phil. That is the next level. So remember I said uh, later on this afternoon, I'm going to send Phil an email and I'll, and I'll copy you in. I'm going to scan this over to them. So that, that is the next level. So if I make the, so, that off. Yeah, yeah, cool? go. Yeah, sorry. But I mean, it's I hard to get it's hard to get a word in. But I know. I've, I'm yet to see you take a breath, Steve. But but keep going. <laughs> you can say I'm passionate about this stuff, mate. I love this stuff, and I also love it when I start working with my clients and they don't have these processes, and then six months time they've got these processes, and all of a sudden they're getting flooded with referrals. So I'm passionate about this stuff, and I've been watching financial planners screw up referral relationships for years, mm. and we've got to fix it, right? Yeah. So because because the email is the, the email says uh, now the, the, there's a critical point here. The email is sent from the referral alliance to the planner and the client is copied in. Yeah. Critical, yeah. right? They have to see it because, uh, and, the, and the email goes something like, hi, Bob, the financial planner, please make contact, yeah, however you word it, you do your own word, yeah, but yeah. Ours, yeah. Is, ours is, please, could you please make contact with my clients, Fred and Mary Smith, uh, they require your expertise in the following areas, bullet point, bullet point, and bullet point. I've, uh, I, please uh, contact 
Fred, not Mary, Fred, who's the, who's the contact, on this email or, or on this number. Uh, thank you so much and please keep me informed uh, along, along the process. You're a legend, accountant. And that goes to the financial planner, but it also goes to the client as well, because then later on that that afternoon, financial planner picks up the phone and says, "Hey Bob, it's uh, uh, hey Bob, it's uh, Steve here from um, Southern Financial Strategies. How are you? Just a quick courtesy call. I've just received an email from your accountant, Mr. Accountant. He mentioned that you need to talk to someone about some blah 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 and some other areas of your of, of financial advice. And does that ring a bell? Mm. Does that ring a bell? And they say, oh, yeah, oh, you're the dude, you're the financial planner. Oh, yeah, that rings, that all rings a bell. And then you can launch into what we call the triage process. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, there, so there's definitely an email to the client is definitely uh, definitely part of it as well. Yeah, we, I mean, we do something a little bit different. So we, what we do is when we get the introduction, we reply to that email and, and address it to the, you know, the referral partner and the client and said, hey, awesome, thanks for the introduction. Now, the best next steps is you booking a phone call with us. Um, you know, Bob, Mary, whoever the client is, um, you know, booking a phone call with us, you can do it, you know, here and, and here's the process. And, the, and then the process is we'll just have a 15-minute chat and yeah, whatever. Yeah, you, you triage, and, that's the triage process. And the reason right. why we do that is because it also then puts it back on the client in a way of going, hey, we're, we're non-threatening. Like if you forget about it, you don't want to do it. That's fine. I'm not like – I'm also personally allergic to phone calls, so that that doesn't, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't yeah, help. Yeah, yeah. But I put it on the client, and then what we do, we do two follow ups after that. So one in like all, three days all on time, email? all on email, and just say, hey, just want to just check in. You know, did you get that email? And then another one, um, just to say, hey, we we just assumed you're too busy. Um, is that fair to assume? And and we you know we're not going to follow you up anymore. So the reason we do that is because we work with you know younger clients. Younger clients um, don't want to be picking up the phone, and and we put it on them because I personally hate getting phone calls unless I know they're coming in. Like I, I every phone call I get throughout the day, um, unless it's my wife or, or I know it's important, I'll let it go to the keeper yes. all the time. Um, and so, and the all, reason all I do of the, that all is of these script, I, all of these scripts and emails that are all transferable, mate. They can all be done in by you know. Exactly. You, you think about the yeah, script, yeah. you just turn it into an email and send it off. And but, yeah, we've got various versions of it. And the sure. reason, the reason why, the, I'm I'm totally agreeing with you because the re, it's just have a thoughtful process about what you're doing. Like and have and an be, actual process. Be, yes. Yeah, have a process. Be considerate. Be thoughtful of who's the end client. Are we talking to yeah. retirees and they prefer to hmm. pick up the phone? Well, I'll and that, that I'll pick up the phone and talk to them. Are we talking to you know Gen? Zed who want to send a text message over Facebook. I don't know um, what what these cool kids do, but um, but you know if they prefer to text, then maybe we build that into our process. SMS because- SMS is great. You know SMS should be really the it's the communication method right now. You know people you see an SMS and you pretty much respond to it straight away these days. And, and that's why um, again I don't respond to SMSs. <laughs> I'm pretty useless with all of that. Mm. Um, but but it's just about going. I'd like, love to see back the dollar signs point. walking out your door. Coming back to your point. Bye bye. Um, See you later. Just give him a wave <laughs> goodbye. Catch you later. We need to fix your processes, Phil. Mate, we got we got we've got very good processes. Um, in terms of you know, we talked about this offline. Like, you know, the more we work on our processes and absolutely nail them, the bigger the list becomes on what we need to improve on that yeah. process. Yeah, like and, it, that, and that's what happens improve. is at the, at that point there, once the processes are good, you don't really you don't have to do wholesale changes to process. It, once you get to that point, it's just tweak and refine, mm. tweak this up here, tighten this one up here. That one's not working, so let's try something else, or maybe split test something. So once you've got the processes down pat, 
And again, that's that train track analogy. It takes the time to get the processes right, but once you've got the processes, you're just you're just kind of steering left or you know, you're just you, or, sorry, you're going you're going fast or slow, really, if you know what I mean. You're yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but it's just about having that thoughtful process. And for the referral partners, the trusted partners, it's showing trust in them and and helping them understand that, oh, you're not just going to get a, a phone call. Um, or, or, a, or an email and then is it going to get followed up or not? Well, you've got a very clearly defined process about how you're following up my clients and that's really important to me. And so that's why, you know, from that trusted partner's point of view, it's really important to articulate exactly what they need to do because it's so much easier to follow if you just give them a path. What we're talking about now, but Phil, that's the kind of the end uh, or the closer towards the end result of building an alliance partnership. There's actually a lot more upfront that needs to be built because you've got to think about it. Firstly, why would anyone even build a relationship with you? What's the end game for the for the alliance? Now, if you think about it, if when a, when an account say I'll just keep using accounts the same, but it's the same with any alliance partner. Mm. They come into work on a Monday morning and they've got this big long list of priorities that they need to do over the course of the week to get done to grow their business. Right? How far up the list do you think referring a client to a financial planner is up that list? Yeah, so I mean, I, I appreciate, I'm, I'm actually going to butt in with another question here. So talking about that, at the end of the day, the difficulty with referral partners is they're busy, they've got to build their own business. Now, when we talk about referral partners and going after the accountants, should we think about going after established accountants um, or should we think about going after accountant groups that are maybe growing in size? Well, again, I, 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 look, uh, <laughs> If I had to choose, I would. So you think about it. We can go. We can. We can try and build an alliance with someone who's growing like we are and not and doesn't have any people around them. Or we can go with the person who spent years of time and thousands of dollars building a relationship with many, many people of the of what I want to work with. So if I had a choice, I'd be working with the one that's already got the uh, already got the existing relationship. The thing is, what I was going to get at is uh, accountants don't think about unless you've got a process and you've got a good relationship and you've got an endorsement relationship and all those things, they don't really think about referring a financial planning client. So it's not, so building a relationship isn't about referrals. We've got to think to ourselves, in order to build a relationship with another business person, what is their end goal? What is the thing that they want? And what are most, what are most business people want? They want to grow their business, right? They want to grow their business generally. The, na- the natural state of a business is to grow. So most strategic alliance partners that you're going to potentially work, they want to grow their business. So when we're, t- so it's it's what we call we have uh, once we um, got an appointment with someone, we have this thing called a serve and strategize meeting. So we spend five minutes just building a little bit of rapport. There's a process around this as well, but there's five minutes building some rapport. We spend about forty odd minutes or so talking about them, asking about uh, their growth, what their plans yeah, are, yeah, how can, big they we want can to skip get. past the meeting because I don't think I think advisors are, are going to have their own kind of meeting there. I guess mm. just touching on that that idea about established business, I'd kind of push back and go, I wonder if having an established business, they're kind of baked into their processes and they're baked into their way of doing things. Like, I guess more of a less of a, a size of the business that you should go after, and more of a mindset from the accounts. Like, do they have a growth mindset within their business? Or do they have an idea within their business? Well, we're at a size, we don't want to grow significantly, like 10% year on year is okay. But because um, a lot of, um, not a lot of accounts, but there are, can be accounts where their their main concern is less about growing and more about retaining. How do we retain our clients? I don't want to refer somewhere else. So if, if that that's the case, I would say then if that's the case, they're not actually retaining at all because there's three, the, the natural state of a business is to grow. So there's either growth, 
there's stability or retention yeah. or there's extinction, right? Now, the reality well, but, but is... That's what we're talking so about, if I'm retention. A, if I'm a, what, okay, but the problem is if you are just retaining, you're actually going in extinction because the rest of the market is growing. You can't just retain. You have to grow. If you're not growing, everything else is growing. If you're just retaining, what's really happening is you're actually slowly, slowly going to go into... But is that a fair decline. assumption or am I being unfair to some accounting firms that, that there are a lot of accounting firms that are trying to just mainly retain? Look, I don't I don't know. But I, if, I, if it was me trying to build an alliance partnership, I wouldn't be trying to build an alliance partnership with someone who's just at retention because in reality, if they're just at retention, they're actually in extinction. They're going and to slowly but surely uh, dissipate over time. Yeah, and that's kind of been my experience and that's why I haven't really invested too much in accounts and, and I, I've done enough another episode about you know building referrals with accounts and that's been my experience is just um accounts uh, a lot of them will kind of build to a certain size and then kind of retain and and their fear is losing a big client group um by having a bad experience with it with an external partner I, I, i'd probably i'd just look a bit harder <laughs> yeah, and that's probably the that's probably reckon, the right answer. 100%. I reckon there's I reckon most most businesses are in business to grow. I don't know you you in business to grow. My in business. I to am. Grow. Yeah, you know, we're mainly yeah. we're, most businesses are in business to grow. So I try and avoid I'd, I'd avoid anyone who's just so it's either growth. The natural state of a business is to grow. It's then stability. And then it's extinction. And if you are just at stability, you're actually in extinction because the market but, is. Great. But that's, I guess, that's kind of my point. When advisors are out there going, uh, trying to, you know, look for alliance partners, like, look, for, like, do a bit of a dive in that business owner's like mentality and the way they're thinking. And are they wanting to grow or not? If they're not, then cut the cord straight away. That's where the that's where the servant strategize. So think of the words, right? So I know you we cut cut me off, but I'm cutting myself back in, right? Five minutes rapport. 40 minutes of serving them, and that is asking them about their business, and that's where this is going to be uncovered. What are your growth plans? Where do you get your clients? Do you have more room for referrals? Um, what are your processes? What do you, where do you think you'll be in five years? You know, you, 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 this is so the, the, the serve part is all about them, and what you're really doing there, you're uncovering things that you can talk about in the last 15 minutes, which is the strategize piece. Because what we do, we, firstly, we want to understand the business and, you know, make sure that there's a mutual fit and a, and a, a you know, uh, what's the word? They, they talk about a... Um, uh, synergies. A synergies and all of that. You know, there's another <laughs> word, but you know the one. Uh, so we've got to make sure that we're on the same page. You know the word I'm talking about. Uh, but, but so it's serving them, but we're really what we're doing, we're asking about them and finding out about them, but we're also trying to uncover what they want. What is their plans? What is the thing that they want? Do they want to grow? Do they want more clients? Uh, all those sort of things. And then when you get to the 15 minutes at the end, then you can come back and talk about all of these things and how you can help them to get the things that they want. Because remember, on the list of things of priorities for the week for them, referring a financial planner is really low. So what we've got to try and do in that 40-minute serve part is uncover the things that they want and then in the 15 minutes at the end we can say, right, to help you with that, we can do this. To help you with this, we could do that. To help you with this other thing, we can do that. And and now you, what you're doing, you're building a relationship rather than just got your cap in hand asking for referrals. So the mm. servant strategize piece, I know we've flobbed it off, but it's really important. No, no, I didn't process. flob it off because I don't think it's important. I flobbed no, no, it off I, I, because I, I wanted to hit it. I, want, I asked you a question and we went past the question because you didn't yeah. breathe. So I wanted, I wanted to hit my question about like, like that serve and strategize is really about articulating because, I mean, the other thing is like accounts will say, yeah, I want to grow. Yes, and so I guess uncovering, well, have you grown in the last five years? Because if you haven't, yeah. what's going to so change? So what does growth mean? So tell me, what does growth mean to you? Yeah, well, money in the bank. Yeah, how many more, how many more clients, how many, because that is the end, that, that's, that's the key currency. Yeah. That is the end, at the end of the day. 
And you know, don't take risks if you don't have money. In we, the bank. we can we can talk. This is another complete tangent as well. But at the end of the day, and this is even with financial planning with cl- your clients to the financial planner, maybe not so much with risk, but it could be with risk as well. At the end of the day, the final answer, when it's all said and done and all the political correctness and all that's taken out of it, Phil, the end of the day is show me the money. If you can't show your clients the money, you're not going to have much of a relationship. You're not going to have a very long-term relationship because at the end of the day, it's about show me the money. You know, there's all these other peripheral things and there are all these politically correct things, but at the end of the day, it's show me the money. And so touching on that, do you think um, paying a referral fee is important? Um, look, I do. I think paying a referral fee is good. I want to give them an incentive at the end of the day. But what I was, so, so, so the answer to that, I personally believe yes. I'd rather have, I'd rather have 75% of something than 100% of nothing. Right, so there's an there's an incentive for them number one, but really what I'm talking about there's more currencies that just so currencies one, uh, money is one of the currencies, but there's lots of different currencies. Well, sorry, the, the referral payment is show me the money because we're talking about show me the money. Let's be very clear yep, cut. Yep. People want money. Yeah, people are in business to make money in their business. They yeah, want but money. But what I was but saying, mate, if I can, I'm, I no, wasn't really no, talking about no, Stephen. Yes, uh, yes. I Philip. will finish my point. Thank okay, you. Okay, go. <laughs> We're talking about showing me the money. The, I guess what I'm saying is a referral fee is showing them the money, but also there are other ways to show them the money by helping yes. them grow their business. That's that's and that's that was my point, right? That's what I was trying. Well, to no, do. it's so, my point. You can't take my point. I'm, I'm I, 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 you, right I, my point. you know no, what? It's <laughs> lovely that we both got the same point. But the, the thing we is, we just both really, wanted to say it first. Yeah, because really, what the thing is, what I'm really more about, I'm more about endorsement, and I mentioned it earlier. Um, so think about this, Phil. So let's say, um, let's say, you know, let's say we created some sort of lead magnet, a guide, or, or you know, a, yeah, some sort of lead magnet, and we crafted it all up, and we and we uh, we said to the accountant, "Hey, Mr. Accountant, I've just created this five-point guide on how self-employed tradies can improve their cash flow, pay less tax, and how to retire five years earlier." It's called the blah 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 guide, uh, and I designed it for uh, specifically for people who are uh, who, who need to do this, do this, do this. Would this be something useful that you could potentially send out to your client base as a value add? Something that you don't specifically work with, but something as an additional value add that your clients that your clients might get some benefit out. Would that be useful to you, Mr. Accountant? And most of them, in my experience, they say, "Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to send that out to my clients." And you know what? You'd say you could say something like, "You know what, mate? We could even co-brand it and you know make it yeah you know, really beautiful and really professional and send it out as a value add to your your clients." And and they, they do that. So we send out a co-branded email. Now think about what's happened. We've now created a branded document, a guide, checklist, cheat sheet, whatever it happens to be, and we've got it out to, you know, let's say he's got a thousand clients. We've just got our stuff out to a thousand brand new people that we would never have got to ex- get got exposed to before. So that's number one. And hopefully we can get some downloads and some work from that. Two or three weeks later, hey, Mr. Accountant, wow, look at this. We've had over 220 downloads of this guide. This is a pretty important topic. Why don't we get together and run a private client briefing in your boardroom? You get 15 of your best clients and I'll bring 15 of my best clients and we'll run a private client briefing and we'll do a workshop around the key areas that we talked about in that lead magnet. And, you know, and we can use it as a networking opportunity and we can stand at the front of a room. Because think about it, where's an authority, Phil? Really, an authority stands at the front of a room or on a, you know, on a Zoom call or whatever, but they stand at the front of a room on a flip chart or a, or a whiteboard. 
so we could get to stand in front of a room of 15 of your top clients and 15 of my top clients and position ourselves as an authority in our space, because that's where authorities live, all through standing out, providing something that we can help them with to add additional value to their clients. And, and in that, so not only do they get potentially uncover new business, position themselves as an authority, get uh, provide an opportunity for networking. You know, you might not might not have seen one of your best clients for for you know 12 months or so, you know, you get them in and give them a few sandwiches and a glass of wine. That's what, so there's lots of different currencies around around money and around you know, growing your business, that sort of thing. As That's right. And 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 the thing is that's really interesting. I I listen to this and you know, we we don't work with any accountants. We we haven't and it's never been successful in my business and and not to say that it can't be because it clearly can be almost every other advisor does it. I'm just not that smart um, to work with accountants. Um, but the, the thing that I find really interesting because everything you're saying, if if there's people listening to this going, oh, well, you don't work with accountants either. I'm with you, Phil. Like Steve's talking garbage because yes. it doesn't work. Like I would, I would tell myself, be a bit kinder to Steve, please. Yeah, um, number, number one, one please. Um, that's it. But number two, everything you're saying is 100% correct in, in the way we drive our business. It's just not the accounts, not that person. Yes. Everything else is exactly the same and it's not, a, it's not a do a thing in a boardroom because that doesn't fit my business or my model or, or who we work with um, but it's a, a webinar or, or, you know, creating content. So that's or right. So, that's them, right. so you know. private client briefing is in a boardroom. Let's run a joint webinar, Fred, yes. and get 100 100%. of your clients on and 100 of my clients on and we do it that way. So it's all transferable, right? Yeah, I used to, it's I used just to the concepts in- of what needs to happen and how to build trust and how to gain trust from from that trusted partner is really important in thinking about that. Because what you're trying to do, mate, again, it's all about endorsement. That's what we want. That's, this is the key, you know, if, if I, I don't even know how we got onto this subject, to be honest, Phil. Right? We weren't really <laughs> we be talking about this, but this is okay. Mate. This is good. It's been, I think hopefully it's been helpful and hopefully the guys and girls listening have, have found it useful too. But but what it is, it's, it, it's, it's a critical thing. We don't want to go in cap in hand to strategic alliance partners begging for referrals because they're not very high on the priority list. We want to build relationships and have an endorsement relationship and we've got to figure out what their currency is and hand that currency to them on a silver platter. And if you can be the one that hands that currency to them on a silver platter, you're going to be the one that builds that business friend because that's the other thing too. You don't want to build an alliance partnership. Internally, we call it alliance partnerships. I say we want to build business friends. Mm. That's more the point. Right, so that's the bigger point at the end. Right, uh, here we're talking about strategic alliance partnerships because it's financial planners and accountants listening to this. But really, what you want to do is make business friends. You think about all the people, all the financial planners who have got the best relationships with their alliance partners. They go to the footy together. They go uh, to sport together. They go to a concert. They go to the bar together. They have lunch once a quarter. That sort of thing. They, they're actually business friends. Mm. So you're never going to be a business friend if you're not endorsed. Right. So and, so that, it's and actually that's about it. And that's business friends. Yeah, for, for the way we generate our business um, at the moment is, is majority through content creators um, who have built communities. And the way I have those relationships is because I have them well before they were anything. Um, and so they were like friends of mine yes. and we had connections and we had a network and I, and I invested in the network mm. without thinking about a, a return. And so I guess the, the thing that's always triggered me in terms of my brain and my hang-ups is with the cancer, I've always gone going, I, I'm, built, I'm trying to do this to get a financial return from it and it was always a little bit, I, I don't like doing stuff that's a little bit, you know, disingenuous. Um, well, and and right. not, that that, not that that is in, like necessarily but it's I, I went in going, how do I get a, how do I get a benefit from this? And yes. that was 100% will n- never work because 
that's kind of was the issue. You know, and people come to me the same thing. Oh, Phil, how do I, how do I, you know, get referrals from you? It's like, well, don't come and ask me for referrals straight yeah, away. That's <laughs> like, exactly let's, right. Let's um, be my world and, and add value to me and, and help me and, and whatever, build a relationship with me and then let's go. The key to that, Phil, is one thing we talk about at Coaching Club is we talk about lead with a giving hand, right? You lead with a giving hand. So the way to start all of these relationships is to lead with, all of these relationships is to lead with a giving hand. Mm. Right. So you think about you have an attitude of generosity. So I, what you're saying there about we, we've got to have a process. So everything we do, we want, um, we call it um, premeditated spontaneity, right? Mm. You want to have a plan. You've got to have a process. Otherwise, you just, um, you know, you, you're swinging in the breeze and you're dabbling about, right? So you want to have, you've got to have some sort of process, but it doesn't, it, 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 but it can be just a spontaneity. It can be just a conversation. It can be just a lunch. It doesn't have to be all about how do I get money out of it at the end of the day because the reality is if you lead with a giving hand, if you build relationships, if you, if you, um, if you add value, if you figure out what they want and hand it to them on a silver platter, the money will come. Mm. The referrals come, the endorsement comes, and the relationships come and all that. So it's all about the starting point and, and, and going through that like that. Mate, this has been a great chat. I know we could talk for a long, long time. Now, we talked about not trying to see money um, fly out the window. I've got a client call coming up, so I'll try not to <laughs> yeah. you know, no see worries. any more money fly out the window. That's oh, been fun, mate. It's been Thank good. Thank you very much. So it's been good. I've got two questions to finish up. So sure. um, the first question is um, what's one interesting hobby that you have? Interesting hobby. Ooh, oh, look, I could say this. Well, I love my jet ski, so I'm, I'm an avid jet ski rider. Uh, I'm a green thumb. I'm in the garden a lot. I love to cook, uh, those sort of things. So that would be my, you know, if you ask for one, but they're my three things that I'd sort of Mate, do. Mate, if I ever work. come over to WA, I'm getting on that jet ski with you. You can take right. me out. Let's yeah, go. Let's sure. do it. And then the next one, when do you get a chance to do your emails? Uh, when do I do my – mate, I don't do emails. I, I – um, I, my emails go to my assistant and uh, she handles them. So she does what we call the 4D. She does it herself and answers on my behalf. She um, delegates it and that could be potentially to me. She decides when and if it's something that I need to do, she schedules it in the calendar or she ditches it. So she does it herself, delegates it, do, um, uh, um, decides when, puts it in the calendar or ditches it. So, so when, she, when she delegates to you, when it's in the calendar. You- it's in the so, calendar. Yeah, so she'll slot emails. it in. Steve, need to respond to Fred, blah, blah, blah. She'll slot it in and I'll just jump in and do it then. So, Great. Yeah. So I haven't got a specific time to do it. Whenever she t- – I've got a – Whenever my you boss. get told to. Yeah. She's my boss. Whenever you so get she's told the to. Boss. Yeah, I get told to do it and I just do it, yeah. Amazing. And um, for all those listening who are hanging around this long, thank you very much for listening. Um, how do they get in touch with you if they want to reach out? Um, oh, well, our website, blackwing.com.au, um, email if you want to send it to, to uh, through to JD and she'll shoot it forward. Is ideas at blackwing.com.au. Hook me up on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place to find me. That's where we sort of connected again after all this yeah. time, Phil. So, uh, yeah, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, I'm around the traps. Yeah, so if I, if I send you an email uh, and you respond, I know it's been in the calendar. Or, you know, or it could be that JD responds to me. And she said, uh, uh, thanks, uh, thanks, mate, Steve. And she'll say Steve at the end. That's, that's how yeah. much trust I have in her. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. Well, this has been a great chat. I really yeah. appreciate your time. Um, so thank you very much. Yeah, been fun, mate. Take care. Awesome. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode and you think someone else will get value out of it, I'd love it if you could forward it on to them. And as always, we can continue the conversation in the My Risk Advisor Facebook group. All you need to do, open up Facebook and search My Risk Advisor and I'll see you in there.